Hi, welcome to Bookie, which unlock big ideas from world bestsellers in audio, text, and mind map. Please download Bookie at Apple Store or Google Play with more features, get your free mind snack now. Today we will unlock the book, The End of Average, How We Succeed in a World That Values Sameness. This book focuses on the uniqueness of individuals in society, how we are not standard components nor industrial products, and how we cannot be measured or judged by averaged metrics. In the late 1940s, the United States Air Force was experiencing serious problems with their fighter jets. Pilots were finding the planes challenging to operate, frequently experiencing accidents such as inexplicable drops, failed landings, and even fatal crashes. According to one retired pilot, there was a single horrible day where 17 fighters crashed. A large-scale investigation later discovered that there was no problem with the plane itself, nor with the pilot's flying skills. The actual reason was surprising, the cockpit design was fundamentally flawed. The size and shape of the seat, the distance to the pedals and stick, and the windshield height were all fixed figures designed according to the average dimensions of pilots in 1926, the year the planes were first designed. However, the pilots of the late 1940s who were now operating these jets had extremely different body proportions. The military examined 4,063 pilots on 10 body measurements, such as height, foot, and leg length, and found that none of them met all 10 average criteria that the jets were designed on. Even when they looked into just three measurements, neck, wrist, and thigh circumference, only 3.5% of the pilots were considered average. It turned out, that when designing this jet fighter, although each pilot's body size was different, the military thought a standard set of measurements would be sufficient. Their belief was that, if the cockpit was tailored according to an average body size index, then that the design would fit better and reduce accidents. However, reality proved otherwise. The standardized cockpit design appeared to be the most significant cause of non-combat casualties among pilots. Why is this so? Why did cockpits tailored to the average body size of a pilot not improve their performance, but bring about fault and even cost some of their lives? We will explore the answers in three parts. Part 1, The Age of Average, How Did We Come to Value Sameness? Part 2, The Principles of Individuality, From the Many to One. Part 3, The Age of Individuals, The Global Need to End Averagarianism. Part 1, The Age of Average, How Did We Come to Value Sameness? Adolphe Quetelet, a Belgian statistician in the 19th century, was the first scientist to introduce the concept of averages into population statistics. Quetelet found that astronomers would add up several observation results and divide it by the number of observations to get an average figure. They did so to reduce error, resulting in more accurate data than from single observation. Quetelet was inspired by this process and began to use it to extract the average figures for specific characteristics from a group of people. He began simply with things like height and weight, and believed that the average represented the best. With this in mind, Catalade developed what is now called the Body Mass Index, or BMI, which measures a person's standard weight and determines the average state of their health. BMI is calculated by dividing weight in kilograms by height in meters squared. For Catalade, if your BMI was between 22 and 24, your body was a healthy. If the index is below 22 or above 24, 
you were likely too thin or overweight. It is important to note however, that modern scientists have begun to push back against such a simplistic measure of healthiness. Ketelet argued that each of us is a flawed copy of a standard human template known as the average man. He thought that by averaging the characteristics of a population, these results would reflect the features of the perfect human being. Ketelet believed that the average man was the template for the best example of humanity. Therefore, he believed it was wrong to deviate from this average norm. British anthropologist Francis Galton concurred with Ketelet's idea that an average example of a population could be found but he disagreed that an above-average man was a monstrosity. He believed that an average man was simply an ordinary person. If a person's IQ and ability were average in a group, the person was mediocre. On the other hand, scoring above average was considered excellent. The further the deviation goes above average, the better the man was. With this ideology, Galton divided humankind into fourteen classes, with the lowest rank being the imbecile, the middle being the mediocre, and the highest being the eminent. People of the same rank would be consistent across all qualities and dimensions, mentally, physically, and morally. In the years since Ketelet and Galton proposed their respective ideas of an average person and the ability to rank individuals based on their distance from that average, these concepts have become ubiquitous across the globe. We are convinced that an average value can accurately reflect what normality is for a certain group of people, especially in terms of physical and mental health, morality, and economic status. In addition, we believe that the rank a person belongs to in Galton's system also suggests their capability. These two perspectives are now guiding principles in education systems, employers' hiring practices, and employee performance evaluations. In the 1890s, Frederick Taylor, an American management scientist, borrowed the idea of averages and the associated concept of standardization to put forward Taylorism. He claimed that this concept, otherwise known as avergarianism, could eliminate errors, and similarly, standardization could systematically reduce inefficiency in the workplace. For example, if you are a factory worker, you don't have to work faster than others, but you can't work slower than others either. As long as you complete the standard job in a standard time, you are a qualified worker. These standards derive from the average duration of different people completing the same job. Taylorist factories were defined by their adoption of managers who made sure that employees doing the actual production of goods were achieving within the bounds of these new standards. This in turn, improved productivity which made avergarianism a principal management value all over the world. The education system was the first to respond to this new market demand and reorganized itself to be able to produce average people who would perform well in a Taylorist-dominated economy. To this day, the idea of standardization has a significant influence on global education systems. However, Rose points out a fatal weakness of avergarianism. It wants to understand individuals by overlooking their individuality. Measurements based on this ideology such as IQ and aptitude tests, rely on grading people relative to a standardized value. The sole purpose of grading a person is to know whether they are outstanding or not, but the standard used by these tests has nothing to do with the person per se. According to Taylorist values, a person is just an industrial product, a standard component in the operation of a successful factory, economy, or educational system. 
Taylorism was efficient during the Industrial Revolution where standardized systems were a necessary step in the mass production of goods. However, in today's information age, a time defined by its creativity, this system fails to accurately reflect the multidimensional nature of people's personality and ability. Companies like Google and Microsoft, which emphasize employees' IQ and competence, have found that a person's SAT score has little to do with how capable they are in the workplace. As a result, Taylorism has become obsolete. This concludes part one of this bookie, The Age of Average. First, we introduced how a world of valuing sameness took shape. Ketelet was inspired by astronomers to acquire an average and determine the most standard person. Next, Galton developed a system of ranking and classification based on Ketelet's idea, attempting to measure the IQ and ability of individuals in a group. Then, Taylor caused the focus of Averagarianism to shift to producing standardized human beings fit to be industrial products of an assembly line. The final product being a society that neglects people's personality and complexity. Today we are just sharing limited content. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller please download our app. Just search for Buki at Apple Store or Google Play, get your free mind snack now.